Welcome to another episode of Crossword. Today we're talking about advertising in the WordPress admin, and I'm here with Luke. Luke, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know, as, as a Jew, I always feel a little bit awkward when someone wishes me a Merry Christmas, and, and as, as an Australian, it's the, the same goes for Happy Thanksgiving, or how was your Thanksgiving? It, I don't know, it doesn't quite fit. <laughs> this... Um... This is one of the things I've loved about WordPress and my experience being a part of the WordPress community is it forces me to think more than about more than just what's normal to me. Um, I had a great Thanksgiving, nice and uneventful here. So there was some news over the weekend. Uh, there was a, a yeah, what, uh, what did you come across? Well, you know, even though we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, the whole world knows about Black Friday and Cyber mm. Monday. Yes. And... Uh, even on BlockLab, the plugin that I work on, uh, we were running. We're, we're based in Australia, and, and we're running sales over that over that weekend. Um, and we weren't the only ones. Uh, Yoast no. was also running yes. a big sale, and others. But Yoast got a lot of attention for advertising their Black Friday sale inside of the WordPress admin. So I heard about this. And didn't, like, uh, you might have mentioned it to me. This is before I read your post, which was fantastic. We'll come to that in just a bit here. I logged into my WordPress admin, and I laughed. I laughed out loud when I saw it there. I had a couple of different ads showing up. There was one for Jetpack, there was, oh, and then there was the one really? for Yoast. Was there and a Jetpack ad for Black there, Well, it, sorry, it wasn't an ad. It was okay. a prompt. Yeah, let, let's be clear. It was a, note, a prompt to activate a uh, oh, setting right, that I hadn't right. activated yet. And then right at the top, there was the, the owl sort of flying and the bright colors, oh, and uh, I laughed. And, you know, it didn't actually bother me all that much, but I laughed and just sort of imagining all the things going through all the heads. So it was, uh, and then I went and read your post. Yeah, there was quite a lot of rage out there, a lot of yeah. Twitter rage. A lot of people quite upset about this. Um, I, I'm, I, I want to sort of start off by being super clear that Yoast addressed this issue uh, and their CEO, she got on Twitter and issued an apology and it was a sincere apology. You know, I, I really do believe them when they say that they won't happen again. They made a mistake, everyone makes mistakes. I think as a whole, the WordPress community accepted that apology i'm okay, okay with it so i i'm always a little bit disappointed well okay there, there's a lot of things there's a lot of nuances here so first the question is what's the it was it they'll never be advertising again there they'll never be advertising push globally or they won't be advertising around specific events like well, they just won't put the purple owl yeah is it, is it just the purple owl i so I uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot to say here. You're I, I'm conflicted. This is complicated because uh, I think a lot of this advertising controversy that we have is part of a symptom of a bigger problem, which is a lack of guidance and clear sort of best practices. And the very nature of these projects, is, of WordPress as a project rather, is rooted in this idea of freedom and autonomy to do different things, right? The hook system in WordPress makes it very difficult. And it's, rather, also, it's also yeah. rooted in the idea that we own our own WordPress install and we self-host our own WordPress install and it's us, ours, it belongs to us. We extend it, 
you know, I, I've got my personal site with mm. the plugins that I personally install and I'm not using some external platform. And I think that's why it feels weird to see ads. I think we expect ah. to see ads in places where we're using a service for free, but it <sighs> feels to me like WordPress is, should be exempt from that. So Yoast is generally interesting to talk about, but I, I want to make this less about them. One of the things that bothered me in my sort of cursory review of the reactions on Twitter is, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it other than the sense, a lot of the outrage to me felt rooted in the sense of entitlement, that like, like how dare you do this to my WordPress? And there was still a conscious choice on someone. Anyway, it's, it is complicated, right? But I, in general, um, I, my disappointment was in seeing Yoast uh, as an organization, I thought the responses were good. I feel like they're they're probably doing the best with the current circumstances, but was just to like reverse it, right? We saw this not too long ago with uh, was it I think it was Jetpack, and they had ads inserted, and then they reversed it. Mm -hmm. These sort of reversals that are taking place. Uh, I don't know. It's a little bit. Anyway, I think the bright side of all this is that they're pointing to a bigger issue, Hold which on. is unclarity. Go ahead. D dive into that. I, I don't know exactly what you mean. Um, by are you saying you don't think they should have reversed the decision? It feels to me like just a response to pressure. Yeah. Um, so I get, which is a separation from the decision itself, right? Like there's the should you have done it, should you not have done it. Like uh, I guess it's the on the one hand, like I appreciate apologies and the willingness to 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 do that, but like what was the real problem here? And that's the, like, some people, it's like they're apologizing for putting an ad. I mean, I don't think that was the heart of the problem. Oh, I do. So, it, Of course it was. It, it was not only was it an ad, but it was an ad that was on every single page of the WordPress admin. It was an ad that was difficult to dismiss. It was an ad right. that was flashy and showy. So and it was the animated. execution of an ad, though, not the fact that there was an ad. And that's right. part of what I liked about your posts is you got into examples. There's some gray of, areas. There's yes, there's different ways to do it, and the guidelines themselves. What is, what's the language? It's the it's not recommended. The guidelines sort of go on to say that, look, you you can put ads, but they're really not effective, and they make people not like your plugin. You'll probably get some low reviews, which is exactly what happened to Yoast. So many one and two star reviews. Mm, and it's yes. not just Yoast who did this too. I mean, we're talking about Yoast, I think, primarily because they're so involved the in the community, profile. right? Yeah. Because we know about uh, the plugin; it's very well used, very well liked, and and so it sort of feels like a betrayal of something that we trusted. Of, well, of a it's interesting. You pointed out too, Yoast is interesting to talk about part of it's because of the scale. What was it? You right. said like 15% a, a, of the top million sites use Yoast. That's pretty huge. Massive. That's pretty huge. So then there becomes this question of like how should a plugin of that size and scope relate to the project? Like how do they how do they sort of deal with the realities of them as a business? One of the things that I'd be curious about is what was the actual effect uh, to their sales of this ad being run, right? Like, um, I, I would really like to see them recognize that it was a mistake and somehow find the traffic that came from the ad and donate yeah. it to a good cause. I think that would be a really nice move. Oh, man, I don't like that. 
You know, I, I also want to call out Yith. I think that's how you pronounce it. Y I T H. They're ah, like a yes. WooCommerce plugin and and themes shop, and uh, they're doing just the same thing. They're doing exactly the same thing, and nobody's really kicking up a fuss about that. Um, I had a look at Nando Papalardo's Twitter, and there's nobody there saying anything. There's no one-star reviews on WordPress.org. So mm. uh, I, I really sort of want to stress this point that I think the reason it's such a big deal is not that just the ad. It's an ad from a plug-in from a business that we, that we like, that we know, that we trust. And it's less about the ad and more about a betrayal or intrusion on our space on a space that we thought was was our own was supposed mm, okay. to be that's, ad free that's starting to get more interesting uh, so where where do we get this idea that uh, the space should be ad free i mean it makes mm, sense at a high a level question. but like if it's a betrayal where's that coming from yeah it it is really good because i think when we're in the wordpress admin if we're using a a plugin, for example, you know, if we're on the settings screen of a plugin, then that doesn't feel, if it's a free plugin and there's a premium option, that doesn't feel like it should be ad free. I think we should expect to see ads in that area, or, or okay. at least we'd be okay with seeing ads in that area. There's some plugins that do this well. I really like Delicious Brain's approach. Uh, I think it's the perfect balance between um, trying to get people's attention and also not being too intrusive. What do you uh, think about Optin Monsters' approach? Uh, I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's about the opposite of uh, right. Maybe it's yeah. gotten better, but in the past, it's <laughs> we're taking over. You thought Yoast was intrusive. Well, well, but but the thing is, when you install WordPress and you have no plugins, you have no ads, right? Yep. Yep. And so when you add a single plugin. You expect to see you, you, and it's a freemium plugin or you know something along those lines. Then you might expect to see ads in the areas of WordPress that that plugin influences, but the other areas that aren't related to that plugin, the uh, they should be ad free, just the same as if the plugin wasn't installed. All right, so so let's talk about where this goes. I think this is where it starts to get interesting. You you went to you had guidelines at the end, which I, I appreciate. And what's interesting, do this wanna, is these. Do you want to tell people how to find find the post that we're talking about? So your personal website, uh, carb.is. We'll put it in the show notes. Hey, right. we'll introduce yep. show notes in this episode. Yep. So um, there'll be a reference in the show notes. You give is it five six guidelines, and these guidelines are your own opinion. Yes, they're totally and, opinionated, and and they're made up off the top of and my it's, head. And it's, it's helpful. It's, it's a, intended to to be a kicking off point for a discussion. I, I'm not, yes. you know, uh, that tied to any of them. But let's, let's so one of the it. general challenges with WordPress is that, uh, and this is, I don't want this to change. Like there is this, people can do a plugin author can go and do kind of whatever they want, right? Like there's a lot of flexibility with how WordPress is built, and that's fantastic. It enables applications and like possibilities that you know that we can't even imagine. Right, so you give some guidelines. Don't advertise after plugin activation. Um, that's your, and I presume you mean, yeah, you meant immediately after, like during the activation process, is not right. your chance to be pushing for a pro version. You, yeah, you should give people an opportunity to actually use the free version of the product before so, trying to upsell them. 
only advertise on pages created by your plugin. So for instance, if I wanted to create my own Yoast uh, alternative, you wouldn't think it's nice for me to hook into the Yoast pages and insert my ads for mine there. That's right. And I would also include other WordPress pages that aren't related, you know, WordPress core yep. default pages that aren't related to your plugin. I think that's so totally reasonable. You suggest no animations, no teasers. Um, say well, it the once. Teasers, hold on. The teasers part, it could be interesting, right? This is something that people might disagree on. Yep. I, I, and I'm a bit conflicted about this too, actually. Yoast is the classic, right? They, they show you, here's a whole, a whole meta box, a whole section inside of your post. Go yeah. ahead, click on it, expand it, see what happens. Uh, this could be interesting. So I expand it and what's inside? Oh, sorry, you can only use this if you're a pro user. <laughs> uh. Okay, so let, let's park the guidelines discussion for a moment. So you're, here's an example. You offered some guidelines. You're, you're a plug-in author. You've had a lot of experience in this, so there's some credibility to it. And at a high level, Look, I mean, I, yeah, these are helpful. I'm a, I'm a freemium plug-in author too, and I recognize sure. the, the need to tell people about pro. I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it. I, I'm just saying we can be a bit more subtle. So now the question becomes, how do we approach this? So if we think about WordPress through my favorite lens as an operating system, the question becomes, like, how, how do we set this type of stuff up? On the one hand, WordPress, and, and my hope is indefinitely, will always be a place where a plugin can come in and do kind of whatever. The, on the other hand, um, as the project matures, we're going to get to this, like, how do, we make, how do we help users make better decisions about plugins that they use? Like, we're going to have guidelines at some, like, and, and they'll become clearer guidelines. One of, the, one of the things I found particularly interesting was to go into the plugin review um, uh, in Slack, the plugin review channel in Slack, and sort of see the discussion about Yoast. And, you know, plugin re the plugin review team, uh, they do some incredible work, they focus on a very limited scope of things, right? Like they look at security, they have a few best practices they're looking at, they have general guidelines. Um, and that's, that's sort of what they focus on. And, you know, there's not too many of them. There's some projects that are being worked on right now in WordPress. There's a project for notifications to sort of standardize and provide an API for how we handle notifications in WordPress. There's fantastic. also some connected projects under privacy to manage how, whether or not a user has given permission to be notified. And, you know, there's some different parts and pieces there. So let's we dive in there a little bit. That's, sure. that's a really interesting topic. Should WordPress be a little bit more like Mac OS, iOS, Android, uh, Oculus, where if it needs to do something, then it requests permission. It already has something like that built in, you know, for the file system. Nobody mm -hmm. uses it because, you know, if you're writing a plugin, you can just use uh, the built-in PHP functions to access the file system. But WordPress does have a file system API, which requests permission. It would be really yep. e interesting to extend that to showing notifications. In fact, I, I'd, I'd suggest that would be a solution. It could even be uh, good for onboarding, right? So you want you want to show on Block Lab, we show a notification when you first activate the plugin. It doesn't take over your screen. It's not an advertising advertisement for Pro. It just shows at the top a banner saying, if you want, you can click here to get a tutorial on how to use the plugin, and this will never be shown again, right? There's no dismiss, yep. or there is a dismiss, but if you refresh the page, it's gone. Um, and 
you know, so my reaction is, oh, well, we'd lose that. If, if we had a uh, permissioning system, we might lose that. But no, we wouldn't. When I activated the plugin, the first thing I would ask is, can I have permission to show notifications? Yep. Uh, can I have permission to do a couple of other things? And you hit check, hit the check boxes you're happy with, you hit allow, and then you can see the onboarding. Now and that would fix WooCommerce yeah. a lot. One of the things, like my my instinct on this, like, okay, how do you so let's say we have these guidelines, let's say we have an API. We can't well, I guess I'll ask you the question. Should we allow plugins? Let's say an API exists for handling notifications in a best practice. Within the official like, .org repository, should using those APIs be the only thing that we allow? Mm. No. no. Okay. But we should strongly encourage plugin authors to adopt them, and we should do a lot of. Uh, we should do a lot of uh, teaching, a lot of education to users. To let them know what's possible. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I don't think that it's possible to stop plugin authors from just showing an admin notice. It's just not possible. Simple as that. And the question would be too, even if it were possible, is philosophically, should we? Right. And you and I, we have a history. We have there's a little project called Tide that um, is part of .org. And one of the things that we've talked about, one of the things that I'd like to see ultimately is as these guidelines evolve and as we provide plugin authors better ways of doing things, and I think this needs to be thought about holistically. Some of the discussion I saw a while back I felt was very, like didn't allow for a marketing lens, didn't allow for a sort of a user-centric lens. It was very like, this is all that you can do. There's not much creativity. Much, it wasn't much creativity allowed in what to do with notifications. Once, with, once we have clearer guidelines and ways of doing things, what I would like to see is for us to surface, what, like to reward good behavior, to right. take plugins that are actually following best practices and let users know, hey, this one follows best practices. I think we're narrowing in on a solution here, Jonathan. Uh, but to, to get there fully, I, we should probably explain what Tide is. Because even though Tide is part of WordPress core, and it's yep. been mentioned at State of the Word and things like this. A lot of people out there aren't really familiar with it, uh, to be Luke, honest. What is Tide? I, have, I, I don't know the current status of the project myself. I don't actually know uh, what the current vision or plans for it are. But I was very involved in the early, early stages of it before it became part of WordPress. And I guess the, the original vision of Tide was to solve the problem of users not knowing which plugin to choose. And I'm someone who's very passionate about WordPress coding standards. And the fact is that there's a lot of plugins out there that aren't adherent to the WordPress coding standards and therefore subject to accidentally introducing bugs or uh, you know, not being compatible with WordPress moving forward. Uh, well, quick quick like, anecdote. Yep. So you, you were part of, you helped introduce Tide like two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. At, uh, and there was a short period of time, and, and this is still the state where you can, it, it was like, all right, plug-in authors, one of the things that I, um, I forget when this was, but it someone pointed out to you me. should let me finish saying what Tide is first. Okay, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. That, no, we'll come back okay. to my story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to hear your story. It's okay. Um, 
so basically, uh, you know, there's other things too, like unit tests, performance, how quickly, how, how does a plugin affect the speed of your site? All of that goes for themes as well. Tide is an automated tool that scans every plugin and theme on the .org repo and uh, rates it uh, uh, with the factors around performance, factors around coding quality, factors around uh, other things like that. And in theory, it could turn that into a score or a grade. Is something we talked a lot about. Is it a star system? Is it an A, B, C, D? Is it one to a hundred? Um, you know, or is it just not surfaced at all and only sort of a hidden, uh, done in a hidden way through search results? So, whatever the answer to that is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody knows, but. Tide is the tool that scans the .org repo and uh, understands things. It's built in a modular way so that it can understand things about plugins. You, you could build a module for Tide that checked whether or not a plugin was using a particular API. Uh, yep. We were planning on using that for Gutenberg to find out which plugins, use, uh, themes, sorry, supported Gutenberg. Uh, you could, so, so this could be a tool in a solution here. A lot of potential there. One of the so the anecdote that stood out to me, and I think is relevant to this conversation. You had the point in, uh, in time where Tide was introduced, and Tide is always like it takes it keeps a history of code changes, right? And there's a lot of raw data there about like the number of errors that showed up, and we won't name any names. There were a number of prominent plugins whose errors dropped shortly after Tide was released. This, this data, like it hasn't been surfaced. Like users aren't even really aware that this thing exists because it hasn't been surfaced yet in a meaningful way. But I see that as a positive indicator. If, if with clear guidelines existing and a way of actually being able to surface whether or not those guidelines are being adhered to, there's opportunity for us to incentivize better behavior in authors without restricting their ability to yet do what they're going to do. Right? Because there are, there are reasons why, for instance, with coding standards, you wouldn't want to do a given thing. There are reasons. There are times when it's okay to break a standard, but when it comes to end users, who are the core audience for WordPress, non-technical folks, we need to help them make better decisions. And I think with clearer guidelines, and we don't need to, but I think it's our opportunity to do so. With clearer guidelines and helping them know whether or not a plugin adheres to those guidelines, uh, I think we can see a lot of progress there. Whereas right now, it's like, well, what do you do? We can discuss it, but it's that. What's the incentive? Right. So, or an author to adhere. How how do we zero in on a solution here? Given that we not only can't we be prescriptive about technical implementations because it's just not possible uh, with the way that WordPress works with PHP, uh, yep. but we also we don't want to at a sort of no. fundamental level. We want to be more incentives based. So this is this is really big picture thinking, Jonathan, and and probably mm. pretty impractical and pretty. Um, long term, if even if it were practical, but what if we were to introduce APIs into WordPress for showing notifications? In addition, we introduce a permissioning system similar to many other operating systems uh, for allowing access to through those APIs. Yep. And given that we can't enforce either of those. We incentivize plugin authors to use those APIs by uh, measuring whether they do using Tide and yep. 
and providing those results in whatever form, whether it's a grade or a search result uh, to users. I like it. And practically speaking, I think one of the ways that this can be progressed on, because there's a lot of parts and pieces here, I think hosting companies in particular are really well suited to take this idea, take these ideas and begin to experiment and figuring out ways to serve their customers better. Because this is like something what we're describing, all these parts and pieces, it's big, right? And we're now talking about more than a third of the web. You can't just roll out something. So, yeah, if you have a notifications API, permissions API for handling that, and then encourage authors to use it without forcing them. And the way that you do that is offer the carrot of uh, a quote-unquote promotion curation to end users, which you know the .org project by its nature, I think, and I think it's wise, will she'll always be slow in rolling things like that out. But I think hosting companies can get on early and begin to experiment, create better experiences for their customers. There's a lot of shared incentive there, right? Like we want plugins that are following best practices, being good actors in the system. Yeah, yeah. I, we could we could use the featured area in WordPress.org. We could I don't know do something crazy like put some plugins in there that aren't owned by Automatic. <laughs> I don't I don't know. That that's probably impractical. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> All right, I, th I think yeah, I think that probably uh, puts us in a good spot to round up. Um, do you want to say where you can let, let's say where we can continue the conversation? I think on Twitter. What's your Twitter, Twitter yeah. handle? Sir Jonathan, and what's yours? Luke Carbis, L U K E C A R B I S. Excellent. And yeah, Twitter is a good place to continue the conversation for now. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. There's, I think it's we've. Things move slow in WordPress, but that's not a bad thing. And uh, I think there's a lot of different parts and pieces that are getting close to being able to start be brought, being brought together. Yeah, uh, and so let's finish up with a, uh, a, a another well done, I think, to Yoast. I'm, I'm really impressed with the way that this was handled, even though I think you would disagree. You wanted them to stick to their guns. Is that right? <sighs> no. I mean, yes, yes and no. Like... I don't like to see people doing what appears to be a response to pressure. Oh, uh, I, I like I applying the pressure. So when people respond, I'm, I'm happy. I need to think about it a bit more. I've got a lot of respect for some of the folks there, and it's not an easy position. How do you pronounce the name of the CEO of Yoast? Is it Marie Well, it's the only reason why I didn't say her Marie name. <laughs> Marie Kay, yeah. Something like I've that. got a lot of respect for, for her and the difficulty of I the position call, that she's in. And, I used to call Yoast Juiced for a long time. So. <laughs> I did that too for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if... if Marie Kay is actually how you pronounce it, then uh, I'm, I'm really impressed. Uh, I, it's rare to see uh, such a well-written apology in the tech space. Yeah. And, and I think that as a community, we should all be on board with welcoming that sort of response. Very much so. Um, yeah, uh, good. Let's call it a wrap. We'll drop some notes in the show notes section. Um, links rather, and like can continue the conversation on Twitter. Bye.